Welcome to Pharmasoul Chronicles. They said what? Podcast series. I'm your host, Denise Morris, and I will be your guide through the ups, the downs, and the everything in between of my journey as a Black woman in the pharmaceutical industry. From triumphs to trials to those, uh, you've got to be kidding me moments. I'm here to share it all. So let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of the They Said What? podcast series. This episode is very sensitive for me, and I say that both being cheeky and being serious. So we'll just jump right into this story. I was working for this company, let's call it Company Y, and I had to interact with a particular group at this company on a regular basis. Now, some of them were wonderful to work with, and others not so much. Every meeting, I felt as if I was in a dark game, and unfortunately, I was the dark board. Expectations were skewed such that I was expected to be extremely prepared, know everything going on with my team, ask the same questions repeatedly as if it was new information, be able to answer any question thrown at me, and sometimes ask off-the-cuff questions to which, interestingly enough, I almost always had an answer to. Actually, now that I think of it, expectations were normal as I was simply doing my job. However, on the flip side, that is when the shoe was on the other foot, there was zero accountability. Questions were hardly answered or completely dismissed or made out to be some kind of joke. If there was ever a problem or a task to be completed, it was someone else's responsibility. To add insult to injury, I could do a hundred things right, but for these particular people, they only remembered and dwelled on the one thing I did wrong. Whenever I would voice my frustrations, I was told, just do the presentation again. Send the email again, even though you've already sent it several times. They just need to be reminded. Or this is just how they are. Needless to say, it made for a pretty exhausting environment and one where I felt as if my needs frustrations, and concerns were not being heard or taken seriously. A few years in, I was having a meeting with my manager who let me know that there were gripes going on regarding my group, and two claims were laid out in front of me, both of which were blatantly false. And I said to my manager, this makes no sense because none of what is being said is true, to which I received the reply, I know. It's like they're talking out of two sides of their mouths. But why don't you put together a presentation addressing their issues? After years of being disrespected, scrutinized, held to extremely high standards that were not reciprocated, I had had enough. So yes, I did put together a presentation, but perhaps not the one that anyone was expecting. And I started the presentation by acknowledging that it was brought to my attention that some of my colleagues had some concerns and that I was always told that opinions without facts are useless. So I would lay out the claims that were made with some facts of my own. That did not go over well. You see, I did not take the expected, overly passive and accommodating approach, and I challenged the people that challenged me. This first resulted in a request for clarification, i.e., who said this or who said that? Then it was followed by defiance. Well, this or that is not true. Then the coup de grace. Their manager spoke up. 
They cited the challenging times that the industry was in as a reasonable excuse as to why the alleged issues were raised. To which I said, if these were legitimate claims, they should have been brought up in a public setting so they could be addressed and not come to me through third-party means. To which their manager responded, there is a bit of defensiveness that we get sometimes that we do not feel comfortable bringing it up. If we can all agree this is a safe space to challenge each other and not to get defensive or to de assign emotion to it, then I am happy to bring it to the front of these types of conversations. Just let that sink in. Now, I know some of you will have varying interpretations of what that statement meant. Some might say perhaps they do not know all the sides of the story, and others might say it was a general statement and not directed at me. The problem was not so much what was said, but rather the hypocrisy behind it. First of all, the person that uttered the words knew me the longest and was the one that initially hired me before moving to another department. Even though I've evolved over the years, who I am, what I stand for, and how I conduct myself has never changed. So this was, at least to me, a strange and unwarranted statement coming from them. Lastly, the person that felt so strongly about the interpersonal dynamics shared with me similar frustrations regarding the people they were now defending when we were all a part of the same group. So I found it interesting that in defending their group, they decided to put the blame on me. In other words, our relationship and what I brought to the table was only admired and of use to them when it did not directly challenge them or their team. This has been a theme throughout my career having a superior call me aggressive only to turn around and put me on their most difficult projects because they know I could get the job done. Calling me inflexible, but then commending me on how well I can hurt cats or how glad they were that they did not have to deal with all the varying and complex personalities. Better yet, insinuating I was difficult, but behind closed doors always asking me for advice or asking me to deal with the very complicated situation. In addition, in all of the instances where my personality traits were called into question, this was done by men that shared highly similar personalities to mine. That is, very type A or very alpha. What this juxtaposed relationship made clear to me was that my personality was only welcomed and admired when it served a purpose to make them look good, but not when I challenged them directly. And this, my friend, is what one can call the double bind dilemma. A great summary on this concept is done by Nicholas Scorco. I have provided a link to the article and her podcast episode on this topic, and I have also included a link to the Catalyst report that she referenced. Catalyst starts their report with the definition of a double bind, which is one, a psychological impasse created when contradictory demands are made of an individual so that no matter which directive is followed, the response will be construed as incorrect. And two, a situation in which a person must choose between equally unsatisfactory alternatives, a punishing and inescapable dilemma. Nicholas summarized the finding into three powerful predicaments at the heart of the double-bind dilemma that arises for female or women leaders. Those being, one, extreme perceptions. Women are perceived as too soft or too tough, but never just right. 
too soft and people will walk all over you. Too tough and you are considered aggressive. Two, the high competence threshold. Women leaders face higher standards and lower awards than men leaders. On top of doing their job, women have to prove themselves over and over again. And three, competent but disliked. Women leaders are perceived as competent or liked, but rarely both. When women behave in ways that are traditionally valued for leaders, like being assertive, setting a clear strategy, closing down conversations, or keeping people on point, they tend to be seen as competent. However, women with these same valuable skills are then questioned over their effectiveness at building relationships and strong connections with people. They are seen as cold, unapproachable, and a bit of a B-word, which I will not say. Getting back to the story, and in conclusion, after my meeting was done, I messaged my manager and told them that I just wanted to point out the double standards in the company. They then requested a meeting to which I obliged. Their first comment in the meeting was, was there anything I could have done differently to prevent this outcome? To which I responded, no. I then elaborated that what should have happened was that I should have never been asked to do the presentation in the first place, and then when the comments were made to them directly, it should have immediately been shut down. I also said it is sad when people want to pick and choose the parts of you that they want. When things are going great, you are amazing. But when they are challenged or found in situations they do not like, you are defensive or difficult or assigning emotions. Although this was a very difficult situation for me, I was glad it happened because for the first time in my life, I finally came to terms with the fact that I needed to stop beating up myself for who I am and how I navigate the world. I have as much compassion as I do attitude. I am not afraid to apologize and admit when I am wrong. I genuinely believe in working towards the greater good. But yes, I will challenge others and hold them to the same standards of integrity that I hold myself to, and I am definitely not afraid to say no. If to some, that marks me as disagreeable when my male counterparts are lauded for the same personality traits, then that is their problem and not mine. Please stay tuned for the next episode that is a continuation of the fallout from this interaction. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of They Said What? podcast series. If you enjoyed this journey and want to connect further, I invite you to follow me on Substack at Pharmasoul for insightful articles and updates. Also, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Visit my website, emeraldcitypharma.com for more resources or follow me on X at DeanMorris242. All the links are provided in the podcast description. Until next time.